tired of being tired all the time? Have you wondered if there's got to be something more out there? Hi, I'm Kristen Latini, and I started asking myself these very same questions a few years into working mom life. And the type A scientist in me could not let it go. So I got curious, and the Build Your Own Fairy Tale podcast was born. Join me each week as we dig into different ways to do life, whether that's decluttering your closet or starting a side hustle. Together, we'll uncover steps toward the ultimate fairy tale. So consider yourself sprinkled with fairy dust, and let's go. Do you ever wake up with that feeling of, ugh, I gotta go to work? Yeah, I've been there too. What if I told you there was a way to wake up and feel excited each and every day? Grateful for another day to do what you do. Or when you get into bed at night, you feel satisfied with the day's work. That is the fairy tale for me. That's why when I discovered today's guest and she talked about how this feeling was achievable, I was a fan for life. Tanya Dalton is a productivity expert and she's also human. She'll remind you that no one's got it all figured out and that's okay. She shares that she's living life intentionally and with purpose. She literally wrote the book on it. The book is called On Purpose. Which is why, as I was thinking about our focus for February on purpose and mindset, I knew Tanya was a must-have guest. I mentioned she wrote the book. She's actually written two. Her first book was called The Joy of Missing Out and was named a top 10 business book by Fortune Magazine. Her podcast, The Intentional Advantage, has millions of downloads from listeners around the world. She's been featured on networks like NBC and Fox, and Tanya is the founder of Inkwell Press Productivity Co., a multi-million dollar company where she provides tools to work as a catalyst, helping us do less while achieving maximum success. I could keep going on, but I think I've said enough. Here is my conversation with the one and only Tanya Dalton. Tanya, welcome to the show. I am beyond excited to have you here today. I am so excited for us to start chatting and hitting record because we already were having such a great conversation before before we started recording. This is going to be a lot of fun today. Yes, I am looking forward to it. So I thought we could start with the question that you probably haven't gotten before on some of the other podcasts you've done. But here on this show, we always like to ask if you could be a fairy tale or fictional character, who would you be and why? Oh, I like this question. Uh, so if I was to be a fairy tale character, I would be I would be Belle, you know, from Beauty and the Beast. I feel like Belle, she did her own thing and she did it her own way. And she didn't worry about what everybody else thought. She didn't feel like she had to do what everybody else around her was doing. She totally bucked the system, but she was totally likable. She wasn't angry about it. She wasn't, you know, kind of forcing anyone else to do anything else. It was just like, what do I want? These are the things I like and I want to do it. And because she did that, everybody around her became better. And I think that's so inspiring when you think of it that way. Yeah. So I would, I'd be Belle. I love Belle. And fun fact, she was the number one most picked character in last year in all the episodes we had. So really, yes. I love that. Sounds like you have a lot of women who are like, I'm a strong woman. I want to do things my way. Yes. Well, those are definitely the type of guests we try to talk to and hear from and learn from. So that's why you were an amazing fit for today's topic or this month's topic of purpose and mindset, because you are this best-selling author and inspirational speaker. You know, like you've got all these accolades. But before we dive into purpose and productivity, I thought it would be nice if you could take us back to before you got here today, how you started, because I believe it was in the classroom and then staying home with your kids. So if you could just take us through a little bit of your career journey. Yeah, the twists and the turns. It's, it's never a straight, simple path. 
And I think that's the mistake we make a lot of times when we look at other people is we think either they they have it all together, they've always had it all together, it's always been easy. And the truth is, a lot of us that get to to this point where I am at, it's because of a lot of the hardships and the twists and the turns and the drops off of a cliff from time to time <laughs> that happen, <laughs> right? Where we learn our lessons. So I started off life, I like to say, as a teacher in a classroom. And I really love teaching. I love working with kids. And I always thought, oh, one day I'll get married. I'll have kids. I'll be a stay-at-home mom. And I thought that's what I'm here to do is be a stay-at-home mom, which is now funny. My husband and I laugh about it because I love what I do now and I love business. So, you know, that whole idea of, you know, what I thought I wanted is so different from what I really did want. So there's a lot of times that disconnect. So I ended up, I met my husband. He was working for Fortune 500 companies and he would travel the world doing international marketing. So he would literally leave our home in Dallas, Texas, but his ticket was called the Around the World Ticket. He would literally circle the globe and come back the other side three or four weeks later. So at that point, I was a stay-at-home mom. I had two small kids and it was tough. I mean, it was hard. And we had conversations in the morning and in the evening. One of us would be waking up, the other one would be going to bed and talking about our days. And one day, one very significant day, you know, the phone rang. I answered it. It was my evening, his morning. And he was asking me what was going on. And I told him all the things the kids were doing and what was happening in our world. And he got really, really quiet. And he said, I'm missing everything. I'm missing all these moments with the kids. I'm missing my time with you. And I told him, no, 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 it's okay. You know, it's it's fine. Everyone's happy when you come home. But I realized that was really pulling on my husband, that that really bothered him. So I hung up my phone in my bright yellow kitchen and I made a big decision, a big, bold choice that day. I decided I was going to grow my business to absorb my husband's MBA income. Now, I say I had a business at that time. It was like I had started it with $50. So literally $50. I was selling to friends, maybe, maybe one friend of a friend. That was about it. No website. And I have zero business experience at this point. Like I never even took a course in college on business. Yet I made this decision that I wanted to change the trajectory of our lives. I wanted to really make things work for us. And so I sat down that evening and I started mapping out how are we going to make this work? Because I'm a stay-at-home mom with two small kids and a husband who travels for three or four weeks at a time. And so I created all these systems for myself. And how was I going to make this work? And within about a year, I was able to make that dream happen. I was able to absorb his MBA income. He left corporate America and started working alongside of me. So we have been working side by side since 2009, or basically across the desk from each other. (laughs) So it was one of those things where it was a, a, a giant vision, this beautiful idea of what I wanted. And I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I just put one foot in front of the other. And that business started to grow because I had this big vision, what I now call a cathedral, right? This big vision of what I want far off into the future. So I grew that business and it was flourishing, doing great. And, you know, it allowed us to have the lifestyle freedom we wanted, the time freedom that I was craving, the financial freedom, and even the location freedom. We moved to Asheville, North Carolina. And we moved here. And about a year after moving here, I looked at my husband and I said, I love you. I love working with you, but I don't love what we're doing. I'm not really passionate. I'm waking up feeling like, oh, I got to go to work. And this was something I created for myself. And I felt really, really trapped. And he said, okay, well, what do you want to do? 
I don't know. I have no idea. It was so frightening to think, okay, if I could do anything, what do I want to do? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, you know, I have, I have too many ideas and I'm not sure which direction to go in. So I started really diving into what is my purpose? What am I here to do? And every time I would Google to try to find an answer, it would say something like, start with your purpose. And I'm like, no, that's, that's what I'm trying to figure out. How do I figure this out? So I started creating these exercises and activities to dive into who I really am. And I found that I was really passionate about several things, really passionate about working with women, love talking to women. I love helping women grow and expand. I love teaching. Once a teacher, always a teacher. And I really love productivity because that's what allowed me to grow my business to absorb my husband's MBA income. So out of these three very unrelated passions, I grew Inkwell Press Productivity Co., my company that I founded in 2014. Started that company, scaled it to seven figures in less than 18 months, started selling in stores, Office Depot, Office Max, Barnes and Noble. I started my podcast because really I always knew I wanted to have not just the products, but also the services to really help people be more productive, to feel better about their days. And out of the podcast, I started having publishers reaching out, asking me to write books. So I ended up with a two book deal from HarperCollins. My first book, The Joy of Missing Out, was named, funny enough, when you think about that girl who was standing in that kitchen, you know, years ago, deciding to start a company, my first book was named a top 10 business book of the year by Fortune. And I think that's so funny because I had never even taken a business course. It's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and so that's where I am now. And now I'm, I'm lucky enough to get to, to speak to, to companies and corporations and organizations helping get people fired up about what we get to do every day. How do we transform our relationship with time? And how do we be excited about what we get to choose to do each and every day? I love that. And I, I even learned more about your story just hearing that. So thank you for sharing because it isn't so easy to be like, oh, she's already done it. It was just easy for her. But hearing how you took it from the classroom to the you know, kitchen, having on that phone conversation, like, I'm just going to dream this up and I'm going to free us from this thing. And you did it, right? So yeah. I love that. Well, I love it. I mean, here's the thing. Nobody has it all figured out. I think that's the thing. Standing in my kitchen, making that big decision that this is what I want to do. The next question was, oh, where do I do this? And it is, we put so much emphasis on the big giant leaps. What I was lucky enough with my thinking to do, which is one of the things I, I talk to women now about is don't worry about the big giant leaps. Focus in on the tiny steps, the little steps. What can I do today? to get me closer to that big, bright, beautiful future I dream about. Don't worry about jumping across the Grand Canyon. Instead, put one foot in front of the other. Climb down the canyon walls, get across the other side. You can cross the Grand Canyon in a day. You can just by putting one foot in front of the other instead of trying to figure out a way to like jump across, you know, and spend 20 years trying to figure that out. So really putting value in the small steps. That's, that's how you do it. Yeah. Small steps comes up time and time again. So we we cannot discount how important those itty bitty steps are. So amazing. Okay. So now you said you had, you created the vision or at the time it was, what is that vision going to be when you were switching companies? So I thought you could take us through because an exercise that I found helpful from your second book on purpose was the pie power impact excitement. So I thought if you could help walk us through because if you're listening and you don't know what the thing is, you know you're miserable, you know you want to change something, but you're just not quite sure what yet. I thought this would be a really 
helpful activity for you to walk through because it really helped for me solidify, oh, these are some of the things that I think I could really pull together. Like you had those three at the end, like how do I pull them together? So yeah, what is this? What does this look like? And I think the thing is, is we do first notice the discomfort and it's okay that that's the first thing you notice. This is why, you know, it's often discomfort that gets us to move that gets us to change. It's it's when we do become uncomfortable, when we realize we're waking up feeling miserable that it, we think, okay, it's time for a change. But then it's like, okay, what do I want? I've got 75,000 different directions that I could go in. You know, as a, as a visionary, I like to say for anything, I have like 75 ideas and every single one of those ideas has 32 variations. <laughs> so it can be very overwhelming and very daunting because it's hard to wade through all of that which is why I came up with the pie activity in the book that I thought would really help clarify. So as you mentioned, pie stands for powers, impact, and excitement. And really what I want you to do is the first thing is write down all the things you're thinking about doing. Like if you're thinking this is time for a career change or I want to lean into something different, start by writing them down. Because if you're using your brain as a filing cabinet, that's going to get really overwhelming, right? So just list them out. Don't worry about what order you're putting them in. Just write them out as a list. And then we're going to do three columns next to it. P-I-E, each column. First column is powers. Okay, how does, go through each one of these things. So you look at item number one or idea number one. What, What are my superpowers? What are the things I'm really good at? And how well does that lean into this idea? Let's say your idea is you want to start a catering business. Okay, well, if your superpowers are not cooking, this is probably not going to be very strong, right? <laughs> Let's say that you love cooking and you you love going to events and socializing with people and you love doing those kinds of things. On a scale of one to 10, that would probably be like an eight or a nine, right? But if you don't love cooking, that's like, uh, that's a two. Or if you're like, ah, I like cooking, but the idea of cooking for a lot of people, eh, maybe it's a three or a four. So give it a ranking from one to 10 on how that fits into your powers. All of us have powers, not just Wonder Woman, All of us have things that we do really well. We tend to discount them, but there are things that we know come easily to us. Other people compliment us on it, or we think, oh, I can do that. No problem, right? That's our first column is P for powers. The second column is I for impact. Okay, how much will this idea impact your world? How much will it impact other people in your world? Potential clients and customers, your family, how much will it impact your life? So give that an impact score on the scale of one to 10. 10 being like, this is going to revolutionize my life. This is going to change my life. One being like, this doesn't really change much at all. Okay, so that's our second column. Pretty easy so far, right? Powers, impact, and then we get to the E, which is excitement. Don't underestimate things that light your soul on fire. Think about how excited am I about this? So on a scale of one to 10, how excited are you about this idea? Listen, there's a lot of things that we could be really good at. I'm, I'm good at math, but the idea of becoming a CPA makes me just want to like, oh, no, I'd rather hang by my fingernails than, you know, do math all day, every day. So just because you can do something or just because you're good at it doesn't mean you should do it. How excited are you about this idea? So then we have three scores, the P, the I, the E, powers, impact, and excitement. And then it's as simple as adding it up. So you obviously have a potential of getting a score up to 30, or the score could be as low as three. And then when you do that for each one of your ideas or your concepts or whatever it is, 
you can start to rank them. It becomes really clear. Oh, wow. Look at this one. This one scored like a 28 versus this one over here that scored like a 14. And it becomes really clear with how we prioritize or how we rank on these different ideas. So instead of having 50 million ideas, you now have like three or four that are really, really solid. And that gives you a little more direction and a little more focus. Super simple to do. And I use this all the time, not just for like, what do I want to be when I grow up or what am I, is my purpose? But when I'm thinking with my business about different marketing initiatives or when I'm thinking about, you know, where it is I, I, I want to spend my time with my new hobbies, I do the same thing. So it, it works for many, many different ways. I do it with my kids, helping my son come up with what major he wants in college. We did a pie activity. I love the simplicity of it. And it's just, it's so easy to forget like what you enjoy, what you like, because you're so busy just going through the day-to-day stuff for everyone else, right? Yeah. And it's so easy to lose our identity. I think so often, especially as we become moms, we get really tied to that identity and we feel like, is it selfish to do things that, man, that excitement score, is that okay? Is it okay for me to want to do these things? Absolutely. It's okay. In fact, I encourage that. It's such great modeling for our children to go after what they're excited about. So, you know, sometimes we have to go back in our little DeLorean time machine, time travel back in time and think about what were the things I enjoyed when I was a kid. And then we can start to really think about, oh, yes, I remember I used to love doing that when I had all the time in the world. We felt like we had all the time in the world when we were kids. Right. And we, we didn't feel a lot of guilt. We just did things because of the sheer love and enjoyment of them. So what were some of those things? It's really good to kind of go back and revisit our breadcrumbs of our past because a lot of times that shows us where we want to go in moving forward into our future. I love when you talk about the breadcrumbs and, and peeking back to figure that out. But, and it's so true too, because if you, for the modeling, right? If your children said to you, I really want to be the next pro football star, pro whatever, like Oprah Winfrey, you'd be like, great, let me help you. Like here, let's, what can we think about? How can we help support this dream of yours? You wouldn't say, who are you to do something like, we would never you say would that never to say children. it to your kids. Who do you think you are thinking you're going to be president? <laughs> we, there's no way. And yet we don't think twice about having that conversation with ourselves. We have this tendency to be so ugly to ourselves. I actually have this activity that I do for myself when I find myself in this negative headspace of saying like, who do you think you are? You know, you know, leaning more into the imposter syndrome. I call it, what would Erica do? Because Erica is my best friend and she and I have been best friends for like 20 years. And I know no matter what, Erica's going to tell me what's good in a situation. If I try on some pants and I'm like, these pants make me look fat, she'll say, that's not the best style for you. Let's find some other pants, right? <laughs> or no, those look fabulous on you. But she's not going to say, oh my God, did you ate too much cake last week. She's not going to say terrible things to me. So I use that filter of how does my best friend speak to me when I'm trying to speak to myself. So when I have something I'm working on that's big and audacious and I have a tendency to like to go after big audacious things, I don't say to myself, who do you think you are? I think about what Erica will say to me. She'll say, oh, wow, this is such a great thing for you to do. Look at how you've already done all these amazing things. You can totally do this. So start channeling your inner best friend as your inner monologue, because that is, oh my gosh, that's revolutionized how I speak to myself in the mirror. We all need an Erica. I love it. We do all need Erica. She is amazing. I do have to say. 
All right. So once we've channeled, we figured out what we love to do. We've channeled our inner Erica. We're going to go for it. Then can you walk us through? Because I love how you, again, simplify, like it seems so far off, right? President, Oprah, whatever, that what you call the cathedral. How do we then map out how to get to that thing that seems like, oh, that's never going to happen? Yes, because it's easy. It's easy to feel like where you are now and where you want to go is so far away. There's no way that would possibly happen. I mean, think about me being a teacher and where I am now with books published by HarperCollins and standing on stages. I would have never thought that that was possible. And yet it is because of the twists and turns of life. So, you know, I, I really love people to look off into the future, living on purpose. And I think purpose is such a heavy word, but purpose is just really living each day with intention, looking out beyond the horizon to a bright, beautiful future that you dream about. I call that your cathedral. And I call it your cathedral because we have these beautiful cathedrals throughout all of Europe, you know, the Duomo in Florence, or we've got Notre Dame, all these beautiful cathedrals that were built hundreds and hundreds of years ago. And on the day that the city architects and the planners and the artists, they broke ground, they knew it wouldn't be finished in their own lifetime. They knew it was so much bigger than them. That's legacy work. That's thinking so much bigger than just who you are right now, today, where you are. It allows you to untether yourself from the realities of your everyday life. So let's look off into the future. 10 years, 20 years. We don't need to look 500 years. Just you know, <laughs> 10, 20 years will do. And that's our cathedral that we're looking at. That becomes this beautiful landmark, but it is really far away. So if that's your potential of where you want to go, let's think of it like a timeline. You know, like when you're in the fourth grade and you make a timeline and it would start off with you are here and here's where you're wanting to go. All right, that's pretty far away. Your potential is 10, 20 years down the road. Let's back up that timeline and bring it a little closer. If that's your potential in 10 years, what do you think is possible in the next three years or the next five years that will get you closer to that cathedral? Okay, that's still pretty far away, three to five years. Let's back that timeline up a little bit more. All right, if what's potential is 10 years down the road and then what's possible is three to five, what's practical that I could actually do in the next 12, maybe to 18 months that gets me again to that cathedral? Okay. That's my, that's where I start getting a lot closer, right? Well, if this is what's practical in the next 12 to 18 months, what should I prioritize in the next three months, the next six months, the next nine months? Those things that you want to prioritize, those are your goals. That's where we want to focus because then when we achieve each one of those, it gets us closer to where we want to go to that big, bright, beautiful cathedral. And that's when we start to really feel like we're living with intention, we're living aligned to something so much bigger than today. And that's when we go to bed at night and feel incredible about the work we're doing. That's really what I want. Just hearing you walk through that process, I feel like, oh, relief of like, oh, okay, that's all we have to do. We write it down, then we break it down. And also, I do enjoy the examples that you give in the book as well, the Harry Potter references. <laughs> those always help bring it to life even more. So I love those and appreciate those. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Well, I like to take because I feel like a lot of this feels complicated from the outside. And when we start to look at it, it's like, oh, this is so much easier. I like to call it small, huge movements, simple to implement, easy to manage, but monumental in the impact it can make in your daily life. If you think about the small, tiny things that you're doing on a daily basis that you create and make into your habits, they feel small, but they're going to get you to that big, bright, beautiful cathedral. That's 
huge. But it is going back to that whole idea of the small steps are what matters. Really focusing in on what do I need to do today, this week, this month. Don't worry about the 10, 20 years down the road. Have that vision, but let's not get fixated on that. Let's look at where we're going right now. Yeah. Yeah. Stay focused on the now. (laughs) So those are two wonderful exercises. I feel like what's the one, if our listeners could do one thing today, this week to start that living with intention, what is that thing? Yeah. Well, this is what I like to say to people. You know, we talked about uh, several things already. We talked about the pie activity. We talked about the cathedral thinking. If one of those you were like, oh, I like that idea. Here's what I want you to do. I want you today to gift yourself 15 minutes. We can all gift ourselves 15 minutes. And I use that word gift very intentionally. We want to gift it to you because it's an investment into your future. Take 15 minutes. Let's say with that you want to do the pie activity, listing out all the different ideas that you have and making the columns and then make a plan that tomorrow you're going to fill out each one of those columns or fill out one a day. Small steps lead to big steps, which lead to larger steps, which eventually leads to running, right? But if you gift yourself that 15 minutes, and I say today because it's easy to put it off, right? But if you give yourself 15 minutes today to get started, there you've built a little bit of momentum. And once you build the momentum, it's so much easier to take the next step. So I want you right now to think about what can I do today to gift myself 15 minutes? Is it 15 minutes after dinner? Is it 15 minutes this afternoon? Is it while I'm sitting in the car waiting to pick up the kids from piano lessons? When can you gift yourself 15 minutes today just to get yourself started? I love that because I share with you before we hit record is that when I finally sat down to put it on paper, it was such such a relief. I'm like, oh, I can do it. Like it was that another that little boost of momentum. I'm like, oh, okay, not so bad. Yes, and it and it is. We talked about this before we hit record, but when you sit down and you write it out, it's the intentionality behind it. It's creating that container of space that's dedicated to you and your future that really helps solidify the ideas, and it takes them from being abstract or oh, I'm not sure about this or. It makes them so much more concrete. So I really want to encourage the listeners to take the time and write it down. Yeah, it's it's huge, the difference it makes. It is. It is. And I just, I wanted to shift back to, you've given us all these awesome tools so far, but I wanted to shift back to then a little bit of your story and that, because you've made some big audacious moves, some strategic risks in your business, right? You've already uh, mentioned the one where you were like, I don't want to keep doing this business. I want to do something else. You have gone off social media altogether, which I remember hearing that podcast episode of yours being like, whoa, (laughs) I'll be honest. That was scary. That was, that was one of my, but funny enough, that was one of my scarier moves was deciding to leave social media a year ago. And yet it has revolutionized my life, honestly, in the most positive, best ways. Yeah. I I mean, I'm sure I, I, I do enjoy social media to an extent, but sometimes you can definitely get caught up in that. Like, I feel like I have to do something. I need to show up here just to be relevant, but Yeah. So I wanted to know what went into how you made those strategic, really bold decisions to like make these big changes, even just taking a break from your podcast. Like, okay, we'll be back in a couple of weeks, guys, you know? (laughs) Yes. And here's the thing is whenever you're making these big, bold moves, it is scary. The idea of let's be fearless is crazy. We need fear. Because fear keeps us from stepping out in the intersection when cars are whizzing by. It keeps us from leaning over too far when we're at the top of a building. We need a little bit of fear. And fear is good. But fear is not necessarily there to tell you no. 
It's just to inform you, stop, and let's really think about this. Let's take a step back. So anytime I've made a big, bold decision or a big, bold choice, it has not been me looking at this Grand Canyon, going back to that example, and just saying, well, I'll just run really fast and make a big jump and hope I make it. I'm like, okay, let's look around. Maybe there's a bridge. Maybe there's a more narrow area we can go on, right? I take a step back and I really assess how this is going to impact me. And doing that pie exercise works great here, right? You know, with social media, did it fit in with my powers? Not really. I didn't love stopping what I was doing to take pictures. I didn't get excited about doing that. I love the interactions I had with people, but I didn't love the actual posting. The impact part, when we get to that I, you know, I took a look at my business. And I think there is this very false, this very limiting belief that if you have a business, you have to be on social media. That if you're not on social media, you're not growing. And that's a lie. We find that we feel like we're supposed to do things because it's what everybody else is doing. And that's what I was doing. When I dove into my numbers and I looked at where were people genuinely connecting with me? Where were people actually wanting to work with me? Where were they finding me? Was it on social media? Turns out it wasn't. It was through my podcast. It was through my emails. So I thought, okay, well, the impact is not great that social media makes. And my excitement, well, clearly my excitement was not great. So that pie score was really, really low. And, and the truth is, when I started to figure out that people who really wanted to connect with me were connecting with me in my emails and on my podcast, I thought, what if I take that time I was spending on social media where I wasn't happy and I spent it really making my podcast even better, getting more excited about those episodes? What if I made my email newsletter where I was genuinely helping people and getting them excited, where they're responding to my letters. And that's what I did. And it has been incredible because people were so excited about connecting with me there because they knew it was actually me, first of all, that I'm the one writing the emails. I'm not paying somebody else, which is what happens on social media a lot of times or on email lists. They pay other people to do it and it's not a genuine connection. So I told my followers, I said, listen, here is where I'm going to be. You want to connect with me? Meet me here. And you know what people did? They met me there. And it's fabulous. I'm so happy with how I'm running my business and running my life. It's a going back to that bell example. Let's do things on our own terms. Let's not worry about what everybody else is doing. Double down on you, on what you want, on what you desire. Everyone else in your world is going to benefit from that. Your kids, your spouse, your friends, your community, they benefit. I mean, think about when you're in a bad mood or you're not happy, we are not our best selves. I know for me, I am snappy with my kids. I'm grumpy with my husband. I feel, you know, scrambled and frustrated. And when I spend more time making sure that my cup is filled, when I'm taking care of my needs, my gosh, my patience with my kids is like, who am I? <laughs> it's amazing. And it allows me to have deeper relationships. So I want you to think about that, taking care of yourself is really taking care of others at the same time. It's it's a reminder we all need. <laughs> and Myself included on a regular yeah, basis. For sure. And I wonder too, I know the pie exercise was helpful and it seems like, oh, like a no-brainer when you walk it through like that. But at the same time, I'm sure there were friends or business colleagues that were saying like, what are you, nuts? Are you crazy? <laughs> yeah, because you know, we have the same, it must, you have to be on to be in a business. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do? That was the big question. Like, what are you going to do? How are people going to know that your your business is still thriving? I was like, well, I have a podcast and I put out podcast episodes all the time. And 
I do all these other things. I'm constantly doing interviews. I'm writing books. And so there's lots of other ways. But it is scary because the first response when people ask you that at first is like, I don't know. <laughs> but the number of times, I mean, going back to that example of me standing in my kitchen, making that decision, how? I don't know, but I'm going to figure it out. I believe in myself. I believe in my abilities. And that belief is enough to carry me over. And here's the thing that I want you to remember. Life is an experiment. It's okay to try something and change your mind. So I gave myself permission to say, you know what, I'm leaving social media. But if I found that I really wanted to go back three months down the road, I literally put in my calendar, like, assess how you feel about social media. And then I put it again, you know, when I got to that three-month mark, I was like, no, I'm super happy right now. (laughs) So I said, I, I popped it into my calendar six months later, assess how you're feeling about social media. I got there, I was like, no, still doing great, even happier, right? So, but if I at any point had said at that three-month mark, oh gosh, I really wish I was back on, I could have gone back on. What were people going to say to me? Oh, who are you to come back here? You said you weren't going (laughs) to. I mean, people change their minds all the time. That's the beauty of life is we are allowed to change our mind. You're allowed to try something and then say, you know what? That didn't work. And that's okay. We really encourage our kids to try different things. Try this new sport. You know, just go, go out for the baseball team. We'll see if it works. And if you don't like it, we'll try something else next, you know, next semester, or we'll try something else next year. We like our kids to try new things, try new foods, right? We are always encouraging others to try new things. What if you gave yourself that same pep talk? Let's try something new. Let's try something different just for now. And then we can see, do I like it or do I not like it? And if you don't like it, it's okay to say, didn't work. Yeah. I love that reminder too. And again, I'm just going back to to your book on purpose. Like I feel like you were that cheerleader in my ear saying, go ahead, try it. You can do great things. So I love that you, that's what you give to to your audience as well as that encouragement of like, just try it. You can go back. <laughs> Thank you. Well, you know, the thing is, is I feel like there is this belief, especially for us as women, that we are supposed to do it all. We're supposed to do it extraordinarily well. And hey, we're supposed to look really good while we do it without leaning on anyone else, because somehow that shows weakness. Somehow that means we are less than. And the truth is, we're so much better when we surround ourselves with other people who are trying, who are growing, who are experimenting, because then it gives us that permission to feel safe. And I think that's really what I want people to get when they listen to my podcast or they read my books, that it's okay to try something different. If I hadn't tried something different, I would still be teaching in a classroom or I'd be a stay-at-home mom, which I wouldn't be as happy as I am right now, right here with where I am. This happened because I tried. And I think so often it helps to see other people who are trying. And not everything I do is spectacular. That's the truth. There are things I have tried that have failed, that have not worked, but that's part of the learning process. And I think if we stop looking at failure as this terrible thing and instead choose to see it as, wow, I... I failed at that. I want to fail from time to time. When I'm working with people creating their strategies for their businesses, we talk about the fact that if you achieve every single goal for this year, you're not pushing yourself. You're not growing. You're setting safe goals and you're not really stretching into who you want to be. We should be striving for some amount of failure on a regular basis. We want to have failure because it means we put our neck out there. We tried something new. And we learn something and then we move forward, right? 
agree. And I know just a couple months ago, I had a friend in the same like, oh, what are we going to build type of discussion? And she said to me, she's like, Kristen, you're not failing enough. You're not failing enough. That's why you're feeling like, uh, what am I doing? She's like, you need to go fail. <laughs> go find something to fail at. Go try something. And if you fail, celebrate. Failure should be celebrated as much as success. But we have a tendency to want to sweep it under the rug. And it becomes this, this point of shame when, in truth, every woman I know who is high achieving, who feels really amazing about their lives, has failure in their past. And not one, not two, but multiple failures. Things that didn't go well. I mean, honestly, those are our strongest lessons. The things that we don't want to repeat. I often tell people, you know, because they'll say, well, what if I don't know what I want? I always say, start with the list of what you don't want. Start with what you don't want. It's so much stronger. If I said to the listeners today, and this you could use your 15 minutes for, instead of listing out what are, if I said, you know, write down 10 things that you want, you'd be like, oh gosh, 10? I don't know. But if I say, write down 10 things you don't want, you'll probably say only 10 because I can come up with 50 in 10 minutes. And the truth is knowing what you don't want, you can push against that to figure out what you do. If you don't want, you don't like, I don't like how much I'm traveling with my job. That makes me really unhappy. Okay, let's push against that. How can you make it so you travel less? Or how can you make sure that the time you're, when you're at home feels better, feels more fulfilling? So when you are traveling, it feels okay, right? There's lots of ways we could push against it, but knowing what you don't want, uh, I'll take that any day of the week over what I do want because that gives me so much more information. And we learn that a lot of times from failure. I know yep. I don't want to repeat those things. <laughs> I know. Yeah, there's definitely things in my past. <laughs> yeah, and I know for me too, I'm trying new things now, like helping friends build their businesses so the operations behind the scenes. And I'm like, I want to try different aspects because then I'll know, oh, I really don't like that piece of the business, but I love doing this piece and that'll help me put together, okay, what is the final offering that I really want to put out there? So Tanya, this has been awesome. Can you share, like you've shared all these tips, but what is next for your fairy tale? What are some of the big things that you have in the works that you're dreaming up? Yes. Well, you know, this year I'm really putting some emphasis on doing more speaking, getting on more stages. I am really going to put myself out there to start working on creating a TED Talk because that's one of the things that's still on my bucket list that I haven't done yet. So really leaning into speaking, I've got some incredible speaking engagements with some big organizations and corporations and companies coming up. And I want to do more of that because I just want this message to spread. I want more people to get excited, to feel like they get to choose what they do each and every day. So that's really what I'm focusing on for this, this coming year. Amazing. And I can't wait to hear about how many more people that you're able to share the message with. So that will be amazing. Please share with our listeners how they can find you since they know it's not on social media. <laughs> it is not on social media, but you can find me actually right here, wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can, right after we wrap up the show, you can do a search for my name, Tanya Dalton, or The Intentional Advantage, which is the name of my podcast. And you can follow my podcast. We have 280 some odd episodes at this point. So there's a huge archive to dive into. Uh, you can also find me at tanyadalton.com. You can find information about my speaking. You can find my books there as well. And you can, you know, listen to the podcast there as well. Awesome. Well, I'm going to put a plug in. If you haven't already read Tanya's books, you need to run, not walk to get them because I'm telling you, you'll like close the book and be like, okay, I'm ready to go. And you're just so hyped up. So get your hands on those books if you haven't already. We'll put links in the show notes. But 
Tanya, thank you so much for being with us today. I feel like you've shared so much value advice. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. This was a lot of fun. Thanks so much for having me. I hope you found that conversation as inspiring as I did. You heard me share that I had done the exercises and even just listening to Tanya speak about them again today, I pulled out my cathedral timeline, dusted it off, and I feel reinvigorated. I am so excited. I legit feel like Tanya is that cheerleader in my corner, encouraging me every step of the way, and I hope you do too. Here are my top takeaways. Number one, knowing your purpose doesn't have to be this big and scary thing. It's simply living each day with intention. Number two, fear can be good. Stop fearing fear. Allow it to inform you and make you question some things, but don't let it paralyze you. Go ahead and fail. It will help you move forward. Number three, life is an experiment. No one has all the answers and no one has got it all figured out. So get to work, try new things, and before you know it, you'll find your own small, huge movements. I hope you're leaving today's episode excited about living your life with intention. And if you did enjoy it, please do me a favor and share it with a friend or two. And even though Tanya won't see it, I'd love for you to share and tag me on social media so we can spread the word and invite more women with us on the journey to build our fairy tales. I'm not giving up on my dreams, and I hope you won't either. I'm Kristen Latini, and this is Build Your Own Fairy Tale. When I set out on my solopreneur journey, I wanted to be the most organized and professional without spending a lot of money. Sound familiar? That's when I discovered a customer relationship management platform called 17 Hats, a game changer even if you're a newbie without tons of clients. Here are three quick reasons why I love 17 Hats. Number one, it allowed me to replace my scheduling tool. Hello, one less subscription to pay for. Number two, I can effortlessly send quotes, contracts, and invoices, helping me look super professional. And number three, magical workflows that allow me to automatically send emails and reminders without being tied to my inbox 24-7. The best part is they've got a free seven-day trial so you can check it out firsthand. And if you decide to purchase, here's the best part. Use code FAIRYTALE for a 50% discount off your first year subscription. So head on over to 17hats.com and check it out. Here's to simplifying and making things more magical.